0: Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martini's coming up. Happy Monday, everyone. We actually do have a good martini, but it's a really twisted one. Good, bad, and crazy today on the Three Martini Lunch. Glad you're with us. Your stool is ready. We're brought to you today by Gabby. Right now, you can take two minutes to see how much you can save on your car and homeowner's insurance. Go to Gabby, slash martini. So, Jim, uh, this was originally going to be a legit good martini, and then I realized what exactly was involved here. Uh, Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin is the subject of a recall petition in Seattle, which, of course, you're thinking, well, yeah, she let these people take over this neighborhood dereliction of duty. Of course, she ought to be recalled. Uh, So the efforts going forward, but not for the reasons you might think. Associated Press, a King County Superior Court judge has approved a petition for an election to recall Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin. The Seattle Times reports the ruling Friday on charges filed by a group of five people last month, which came after weeks of local protests against racism and police brutality sparked by the killing of George Floyd. In Minneapolis, the Durkin petitioners recall effort accuses the mayor of, quote, endangering the peace and safety of the community by allowing police to leak false information about fabricated crimes and threats to the media and issuing a citywide curfew without sufficient notice to the public. The petitioners also accuse Durkin of restricting certain property rights in downtown Seattle and Capitol Hill, the neighborhood where many of the protests took place. Uh, The mayor's office says that Durkin consistently acted to protect the city's public health and safety and to respect the constitutional rights of protesters. So, Jim, uh, there's a lot of good reasons for Jenny Durkin to be removed from office or at least be on the ballot to be recalled. But uh, the lefties get the first crack at this. What do you make of this?
1: Some people might say, "Ah, this is terrible. Actually, no, I think any day there's an effort to get Jenny Durkin out of office is a good day. Um, and I think what, what's useful here is the illustrative point, the, the headline of the uh, Morning Jolt on Friday was, You Are Never Woke Enough. I use the example of people who are upset about Hamilton, which had been praised to high heavens just five years ago. Um, I, the lesson for Durkin here is not that, well, I should have let that rebellious enclave keep going, it's fine. The lesson is, if you, you know, at some point, you're going to have to stand up to the mob, or else you completely concede your city to the mob entirely. And if you're going to have to pay the price for standing up to the mob, better to do it early. Get it out of the way. Don't let it fester for a long time, because then you've got the people who are mad about letting the, you know, the the, um, uh, Capitol Hill, the Chad, the Capitol Autonomous District, um, people lose their lives. And by the time you're intervening, it is too late in the eyes of the folks who want order and stability and who are not supportive of Chad. And, of course, the people who are supportive of Chad are outraged. You happen to let, let the cops go in. They're outraged at the idea that Chad could have possibly been an environment where violence flourished, and they're going to try to get rid of you anyway. So there really isn't a particularly good middle of the road. A um, little bit of this, a little bit of that. We'll have a halfway level of anarchy. Um, we're we're going to, you know, defund the cops halfway, or you know, like, look, this, you know, you're talking about a, a movement that is, at least from my perspective, extremist. And I think from a lot of people who are the quote unquote silent majority, pretty darn extremist. And there really isn't any way to placate them. There really isn't any way to say, oh, if I do this and I say the right words and if I do this thing, these people will be happy. They will never be happy. And so some sort of pushback against Durkin was almost inevitable because for all of her flaws, and Lord knows Jenny Durkin has a huge list of flaws, she at least at some point recognized that it mayor, she had some responsibility for public safety and had to do something. The mob will never want the people in leadership to ever take actions for public safety because it means cracking down on the mob. That so that's that's the service. This is what makes it the good one. Is this is basically karma coming along to bite Jenny Durkin in the butt. I don't know if this is necessarily going to succeed, but as she looks at this and says, "Ah, oh, crazy lefties are launching this recall petition." There's no way this could ever you know succeed against me. Well, how many people are going to rush to the aid of Jenny Durkin at this moment? My guess is not many. The other thing I just kind of also had this stray thought as we're going through this, Greg. Can you believe that of all the crazy politicians we have had in the past generation, the only one off the top of my head that's been successfully recalled Greg is Craig Davis <laughs> out in California? I mean, he was bad, but like
0: him? Really? There's plenty who should be uh, in that category. Absolutely. Uh, according to the AP, you need 50,000 uh, Seattle voters to sign uh, the petition. To get this on the ballot. So it's been approved for circulation. So I'm sure these people with all their motivated rage will get right on that. Uh, It's just fun to me that, you know, when all the business owners were saying, hey, these people are destroying our livelihood. No, no, no. Got to let it happen. Hey, there's huge (laughs) crime happening there. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Freedom of the speech. uh, We got to let this play out. They're coming to your house. Whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa, (laughs) whoa. To quote Captain Jean-Luc
1: Picard, the line must be drawn here. right at her property line. Uh, you know and again this is I guess this is you know like the, the as I said to emphasize the good part of this. Because Jenny Durkin didn't stand up for the businesses, didn't stand up for the cops, didn't stand up for anybody on that other side. None of them are going to come to her aid at this moment. And I you know 50,000 signatures Greg, I'm pretty sure there are 50,000 people who are upset with Jenny Durkin right now. They may not agree with all the reasons for, on that petition, but they still—they may still look at that as, oh, it's an excuse for us to get her out of office. Let's do it. And, uh, you know, it couldn't happen to a nicer mayor, Greg.
0: We have another mayor to talk about in the next martini. But first, we're going to talk about some uh, actual good news here. And that's all the money you can save on your auto and homeowner's insurance with Gabby. Because, look, we're all looking for ways to save money, especially right now. Times are tight. A lot of folks either without work or uh, having to do with a lesser income right now. So when's the last time you looked at how much you're spending every month on car insurance or on homeowners insurance? Well, now's the time to check out Gabi, G-A-B-I, and see about getting a lower rate for the exact same coverage you already have. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by
1: giving you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers. We're talking about companies like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. You just link your current insurance account and in about two minutes, you will be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. Gabby customers save $825 per year on average. And if they can't find you savings like they did for so many other customers, they'll let you know. So you can relax knowing you have the best rate out there and they will never sell your info. So there's no more annoying spam or robocalls.
0: They say it takes two minutes. I'm not even sure it takes that long. Honestly, there are 10 quick prompts. But as long as you know your name, your address, how old you are, things like that. You shouldn't have to look that stuff up, probably. Uh, Then it gets you right to it. You link your uh, current policy. They show you what you can get from other providers and get that exact same coverage. It really is that simple. It really is that quick. Uh, Fortunately, uh, ours was in good shape. No need to switch. But it's, like Jim just said, the peace of mind, knowing all that and knowing that the information you provided them isn't going to anyone else. That's just as important to me, certainly. Uh, And now it's totally free to check your rate. And there's no obligation at all. Take two minutes to see how much you can save on your car and homeowner's insurance by going to Gabby.com slash martini. That's G-A-B-I dot slash martini. Gabby.com slash martini. All right, Jim, let's go to our bad martini now. And the Corona Wars are still raging fiercely. But now it's gone to an area where we kind of always knew it was going to go. And now it's just uh, flaring up uh, in a way that uh, is going to be ugly. Uh, but let's talk about how both sides are screwing this up. Uh, the White House and Fauci don't like each other very much anymore. Apparently, they have, uh, Trump and Fauci haven't talked in quite a while. Um, and now Fauci is uh, suggesting some things I think we would strongly disagree with. Here he is with Anna Rothschild of 538 in a podcast. And she asks him, hey, how's the U.S. doing? And keep in mind, when he gives this answer that Anna Rothschild is based in New York City.
1: How do you think the U.S. is doing right now? Like just in a, if you're looking across the world, what are your feelings about how we're doing right now? Well, let me say there are parts of the United States like where you live right now (laughs) that are doing really well, that you've been through something really bad and you have things under control and you have a, a governor and mayor in the city who understand what it means to go by the guidelines for the gateway, phase one, phase two, phase three. So you're doing well. Other cities are doing well. But as a country, when you compare us to other countries, I don't think you can say we're doing great. I mean, we're we're just not.
0: So all you people that had the worst possible infection and death rate, you guys are awesome. So maybe you achieved herd immunity or something like that. And everybody that's struggling
1: in New York, the dying has ended because they've run out of people. That's not quite the case, but uh, they, they, you know, the virus certainly seems to have plucked a good portion of the low-hanging fruit. This is really frustrating from Fauci. I almost feel like, you know, good, but Fauci, 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 you're killing me here! Although, actually, I probably shouldn't, probably should avoid the word killing metaphor in uh, when we're discussing a deadly virus. Um, I mean, look, those of us who've, you know, been reviewing the record extensively can point to a lot of bad mistakes by Bill de Blasio, insisting this was not contagious, this was not that bad. It was totally safe to use public transportation, et cetera, et cetera, right up until about uh, that you know, second week in March um, and telling people to go about their lives and, and you know no problem with uh, large gatherings and stuff. Cuomo, we've talked about the sending the patients into the uh, uh, nursing homes and, and long-term care facilities no i don't think you can say that new york city and new york state have done a particularly good job and i don't think you can say that andrew cuomo and bill de blasio are the heroes of this pandemic i do wonder greg if the circumstance we see with fauci is a little bit like the situation with the world health organization and um china that the world health organization knew that china that china was super sensitive to any form of criticism And their attitude was, well, we're going to say they're doing a good job and we're going to echo what they're telling us about the virus and we're going to hope that what they're telling us is accurate. And we're going to do our best to keep this relationship going so that we get some level of cooperation. Because if we speak too honestly about what's actually going on on the ground, they will stop cooperating with us and we'll have no idea how things are going and the situation will get worse. I kind of wonder if Fauci is in this, I don't want to make enemies position. And thus he doesn't want to spend a lot of time talking about all the mistakes that Bill de Blasio did. And all the mistakes that uh, Andrew Cuomo did. I mean, for starters, just recently, you know, Bill de Blasio's stance was, I am barring all group activities, except Black Lives Matter protests. They're fine. They're cool. Apparently the virus doesn't spread there. Um, Fauci really wants to be seen as a straight shooter and an honest player. Uh, And I think when he does things like this, he undermines that. The second half, of course, of this, Greg, is that the, you know, apparently the Trump administration is now releasing opposition research and yes. assembling all the quotes where Fauci got wrong early on in this process, uh, which is not like we need everybody singing from the same songbook here. And, the uh, you know, I guess probably Greg, should they not do that because singing is apparently banned in California at churches? <laughs> but anyway, the uh, the singing, you know, the, that you'd like to have everybody in the government on the same page. And, you know, Fauci's job is to be a doctor. It's not to be a policy um, he doesn't have to worry about the economy. You know, he, he should. You know, he should be. You know, know his lane. He's very good at what he does. Uh, when he starts getting into these politicians are doing good and these politicians are doing bad, I think he's uh, getting in out, over his skis a bit. But uh, the idea that this White House is wasting time undermining Fauci is look. If you don't have faith in the guy, fire him. I, I, we've been, you know, people have been speculating that for a long time. This is not a time to play games. This is not a time. You know, the pre, the job of Anthony Fauci is not to tell the president things he wants to hear. The job of Anthony Fauci is to speak the truth. And by the way, saying Bill de Blasio did a good job is not speaking the truth. Um, you know, Tell the president the truth and let the president the president has, has to make the policy decisions. And if Fauci believes the president is making the wrong decisions and it's terrible and he absolutely can't, you know, and then Fauci has the option of resigning. But at this point, the idea of having two chunks of the executive branch going to war with each other, each trying to undermine the other, is really not reassuring. Um, and i you know it's one of those things like a hey, pandemic's still going on we still have a serious problem for a long time you could say deaths were going down last week it started inching them back up again uh, you know everybody needs to bring their a games and be grown-ups in this and it just feels like it's starting to slide further and further away from us greg
0: yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch here. I mean, Fauci has played the game well in Washington politically, of course, for the last almost 40 years now. But uh, right now, I'm thinking there's about a 50-50 chance he ends up on a stage with Biden before November. I, I, I just, yeah, we'll see about that. All right, on to our crazy martini now, Jim. And while I was on vacation, the Washington Redskins and I believe at the same time, pretty much the Cleveland Indians all of a sudden decided, thanks to a great deal of public pressure, that they were going to reevaluate their mascots. The Redskins, of course, the Washington football team, the Indians, the Cleveland baseball team. The Indians have not said what they're doing here yet. But uh, as soon as they make announcements like these, you know something is going to change. And so the Redskins going first here. This is a three paragraph statement, which really could be summed up by We're going to change the name because otherwise we're going to lose a lot of money. But this is what they really said. On July 3rd, we announced the commencement of a thorough review of the team's name. That review has begun in earnest. As part of this process, we want to keep our sponsors, fans, and community apprised of our thinking as we go forward. Today we are announcing we will be retiring the Redskins name and logo upon completion of this review. Dan Snyder and Coach Rivera are working closely to develop a new name and design approach that will enhance the standing of our proud tradition-rich franchise and inspire our sponsors, <clears throat> fans, and community for the next 100 years. So, Jim, there you go. That's the uh, political way of uh, phrasing this. Uh, a lot of people think that it's still going to start with an R. They're, I guess they're keeping the color scheme. I've heard some reports there's no Native American imagery, so a lot of people who want it to be the Washington Warriors, I think, are going to be disappointed. I've seen Red Hawks, Red Tails. I know you want the Washington red tape, which would be the most accurate. Uh, so what do you make of the Redskins here? Are they cowing or just uh, reacting to financial realities?
1: Yeah, first of all, in, a lot of people look back to a quote from Dan Snyder quite a few years ago where he said, never, and he says you can print that in all capital letters, we will never rename the team, um, that up until fairly recently, uh, Snyder and the, the you know general sense of the organization was, no, we don't care who's offended. Uh, Polling indicated, by the way, that Native Americans were not enormously outraged by this. The Native American communities of the United States have much bigger problems on their plate than what some team name is is named. That having been said, I think it's safe to say if you were naming a team now, you would not pick the name Redskins. This isn't like the Florida Seminoles. This isn't referring to a specific uh, uh, tribe or organization. Redskins is arguably a slur. It's not, you know, something that's uh, it's literally the team color. Uh, it's literally the color of the skin. Yes, I, you know it, it's been around for a long time. Many people now associate it exclusively with the football team, um, but it was pretty. You know, it's intriguing. I think what you know, clearly the the what the straw that broke the camel's back was the talk that FedEx was feeling pressure from shareholders and various other corporate sponsors of the team. They communicated. You know, for all the flaws of Daniel Snyder, Greg, I think we have to give them some serious credit um, for the number of times in that letter they list people who have you know. The importance of sponsors, fans, and community—in that order. Sponsors <laughs> first. Look, so here's the thing. Probably in the next 24 hours, and you know, depending on when they announce the team name, you're going to hear, "Ah, oh, Daniel Snyder, one of the most hated people in Washington. Good on him, Gaia, bless him. This guy's finally gotten it. He's woke. He's, you know, um, he's finally awakened to the the you know horrors of this name. Yada, yada, yada." And oh, by the way, Daniel Snyder is probably going to make what a billion on new revenue sales over the next couple of years. You know, all your redskin stuff in your closet—you uh, you can you know, people people will still wear it for a long, for a while. But eventually, when they come out with anything, uh, and my by the way, my my current bet—if I had to bet—Greg is Red Wolves. Um, Fred Smoot. I don't know if for those who listen to DC area sports radio, Fred Smoot, the former team cornerback, um, has been enthusiastically pushing for that. Uh, now, I should point out, though, that Fred Smoot, based on all of his radio appearances, seems like the kind of guy who cheerfully and enthusiastically does everything in life, including his taxes. Uh, Fred Smoot, <laughs> just see, I, I think probably if you asked him to read from the phone book, he would do it in an enthusiastic and passionate way. But he seems very into it, seems to be getting a lot of traction on, tr- on Twitter and other social media. Um, I, I, there, are Some people who are going to see this as a... Uh, terrible capitulation to the forces of political correctness and, and forces like that. I am rather intrigued by uh, the observation from uh, Liz Locker on Twitter it was my probably the, close, the the closest friend I have is a deep you know passionate Redskins fan who observes for those who are leaving and saying they will no longer support the team now that they've changed the letter If changing the name was your breaking point, how did you last the last few years based on what they were how they were playing on the field? <laughs> I mean, if that didn't make you leave, it's kind of hard to believe that a name change is going to make you leave.
0: It's going to be interesting to see how easy it is to make the transition or how difficult, because most people still call them the San Diego Chargers a couple of years now after they've moved to LA. So uh, whatever they call the refs,
1: called them um, the Baltimore Colts years later. You know, <laughs> I think uh, right. um, I'm fairly certain I have referred to yes, you know, San Diego Chargers. The Colts, oh, and you know, everybody's going to call them the Oakland Raiders for at least the next three years.
0: That's true. Yeah, the Vegas Raiders. That's going to take a while to catch on, too. But I love this sentence in the at the beginning of the third paragraph. Dan Snyder, the owner, and Coach Rivera are working closely to develop a new name and design approach. Jim, what are they, two weeks from training camp, supposedly here? And the coach is focused on the new name and the design approach. So the good news for Eagles, Cowboys and Giants fans is regardless of the new name, the dysfunction that has permeated this organization for the past yeah. quarter century will be intact, I assure you.
1: Yeah, the more things change, the more they stay the same. But I'm looking forward to that first game. If they don't have one, they just, you know, the Hell to Whoever, Hell <laughs> Victory.
0: Oh, that's, uh, I'll see if they change the words to that. That's the one thing I like about the Redskins is that melody. I think that's a catchy tune. Oh, yeah. Oh, you feel. For for a franchise,
1: as much as you and I enjoy picking on them, they had this terrific tradition going back to the days of you know Jack Kent Cook and uh, uh, Gibbs and the fun bunch and Doug Williams and you know seventies eight Riggins you know seventies eighties and you know into the early nineties. This was a fun team, and you know, it's, then Snyder took over and it became the Jeff George era. <laughs> Some deep cuts for all of our sports-focused listeners.
0: Oh man, well. There had to be at least some ongoing dysfunction. I mean, the other sports teams in town have been too good lately, the Nationals and the Capitals in particular. But uh, the Redskins are keeping everything in balance with just how out of step they are with everything. So, yeah.
1: And for, for some of our listeners who have forgotten, sports were these activities that we used to do before the pandemic. <laughs> They're allegedly coming back someday. Can't
0: yeah, that let's see if there even is a season. By the time they play football again, they may well have the name pretty well entrenched. Jim, happy Monday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus, Radio America. Thank you for being with us today. Don't forget about our friends over at Gabby. Take two minutes and find out how much you can save on your car insurance and your homeowner's insurance. Gabby, G-A-B-I dot slash martini. Also, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a kind review. Get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast and join us again Tuesday for the next Three Martini Lunch.